You know, I'm tempted to just not do the Patreon plug so that Mike has to go in and re-record audio here. Yeah, Mike, fuck your broken back. Do some work, you fucking bitch. <laughs> All right, well, I, I guess we should do this. Welcome to the We Hate Anime podcast, everyone. The only one. The only pot. No, no, no. That apparently uh, Gigux has done one now, so we are not. <laughs> we are the only We Hate Anime podcast. We Hate Anime More podcast. Exactly. Yeah, Which is I, just, I just, it's just setting us up for sound to, to make We Hate Anime the most podcast, and then we lose. I think, I think the only person who hates anime more than Gigux is Mother's Basement because Crunchyroll ruined his life. Mm. Many such cases. But uh, welcome to the We Hate Anime <laughs> podcast, uh, the only podcast that does its Patreon plug a minute and a half into recording. Uh, if you guys like our podcast, enjoy our podcast, and want to keep supporting Mike's crack habit, uh, go ahead and check the patreon.com slash we hate anime link in the description where you can get wonderful benefits such as entering the milk den, a secret channel on this discord that I host every day and uh, other benefits. If you pay enough money, you can get us to uh, watch whatever anime you want to watch up to and including euphoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why I'm never allowing anybody to request we do porn again. <laughs> Shout out to our current Patreon subscribers. Uh, we have Nicole Carter. Thank you, dear. We have Kev Online. Uh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, he's Itsumo on YouTube, and he has a very in-depth review system of the Rurouni Kenshin series. And uh, his stuff's actually pretty great. It's actually uh, very much a la- labor of love. It's great to watch. Man, I'm, I'm subscribed to Itsumo, but every time I see the backlog of those videos, I just get a panic attack and never actually start watching him. I feel bad <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think at one point he was doing like one a week, so Jesus. it's pretty Jesus. good. Then we got a quadracic. Quadracic. Uh, quadracic. Oh, that's good. That's good. good. Well, I, if I pronounce it like a German, it'd be like quadracic. I'm pretty sure we got all my terms from Germany, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, vinegar raw, not vinegra. And finally, Gachi, who uh, is so good at Hunt Showdown, it actually scares me. <laughs> I, I, I've been playing a lot of Hunt Showdown with him, and uh, I don't even do anything. I, I just, I, he's like, hey, Moth, uh, go pick up the token. I'm like, what happened? He's like, oh, I just killed a team of three. I'm like, cool, great. <laughs> what am I doing? Uh, Moth. So, yes. We got some One Piece news today. Oh, well, before that, uh, oh. this this week with me is uh, Titty Winks and That's Sudoku. Me. That's, That's him. Me. I forgot we had to do the introductions first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three minute, three and a half minutes in. So, uh, <laughs> One Piece news. Does this have to do with the fact that Shanks is getting his own movie? Yes. Uh, they revealed the outfits that the Straw Hats are wearing for the One Piece Red movie. Uh, you know what? You know what's so funny about that is that's like the main reason you watch that those stupid movies. <laughs> Brother fits are insane in those movies. Well, that, that's the whole thing that they did with Strong World, where they did costume changes like five times in that movie, and it's one of the most loved One Piece movies. That's good. Who cares about the plot? Z right? does that. Z has quite a few costume changes too. Dude, Gold, the part where I they f- put Goku and uh, Vegeta in the Brawly movie, they had them in like snow parkas and whatnot. Yep. Can't, you know that was fan service. Can't hold anything to One Piece drip though. That's why Gold is uh, the worst of the pre of the post time skip movies, because it has no. They drink. have they have out no they have outfits in Gold. They just dress up as gamblers at one point. They have outfits, but they're not as good as Z or uh, Strong World. 
Well, okay, strong. But then again, like, what is it? The do- the island of Doctor Magoo. I can never remember what that one's called. Um, uh, they island don't change costumes. They don't change costumes at all in that one. Yeah, but they still got Druid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, that was the thing. Is like Thriller Bark probably has some of the best costume design for like a single uh, One Piece arc. I'm on Whole Cake right now. Okay. Whole Cake has some good drip. Oh, oh, <laughs> when they start dressing di- up as like mafia members. Well, what's really interesting is right now, because you're not in the Wano arc, but in the Wano arc, you have the opportunity to like slutify Nami and Robin to, to no end. And Oda actually, uh, Oda actually took like a very um, modest approach with the characters. Like Nami's wearing like full plate samurai garb and Robin's wearing a full dress kimono, like not even a short yukata or anything. And uh, they asked him about it. They're like, so why are they more modest? And he's like, are you guys kidding me? Can't you see those necklines? <laughs> <laughs> Oda's yeah. great. You know why it's called the well, One Piece? Because the one piece of media I won't touch, Ray. <laughs> why? It's good. Because it's too it's, long. It's, and? <laughs> it's too long. You guys have waited for an actual train station in your country for 80 some odd years. You can watch an anime. <laughs> yeah, see, the problem was if that happened while, while we had access to anime, that would be perfect. But now the train station is built and the beds are off. Sorry. <laughs> Give us a fucking nuclear power plant, and we'll see. Uh, I do want to say I've been re- I've been reading the manga of One Piece starting from the beginning. I just got to the vi- I just today finished Alabasta. Dude, they the take it, you pointed it out on your Twitter, but they take so much abuse in the early episodes of the like the manga, like the first few chapters. It's not even funny compared to like what happens later in the show. They, yeah. I mean. Usopp being hit with a four-ton bat. I mean, Zoro, at one point, what is it? Zoro takes all the pain Luffy's ever going to feel onto himself and st- somehow survives. Um, so I I have this insane opinion, and I will hold to it, especially now that I have actually read the manga. Uh, the anime for the first 160 episodes is better than the manga. It's paced better. Then that's a that's a it, it has well, I mean, it has better pacing and some of the moments I think are just they hit they hit better. Uh I mean that, that that's what happens when the adaptation has ample space to improve on the source material. They can see how that happened and improve on it and then it catches up and oh no. <laughs> yeah. Like even uh, like Alabasta in the anime has filler. But the filler yeah, is yeah. really good. <laughs> no, it it I honestly think uh, the two arcs that do the most filler, um, Thriller Bark, the entire like last 10 episodes of Thriller Bark is just honest to God cut frames from like right after they leave the grand line. It, it's, it's you know, you, you sometimes, you sometimes have filler where it's like, hey, you know, we talk about some things from a different aspect, but this was just like 10 episodes where they just jacked like them meeting Laboon from the grand line and just like pasted it back on. Yeah. And like, the f- and they, they paired that with Brooke's backstory. It is the worst I've the ever seen. The filler in CP9 is really bad. Is it? I don't remember. So, so there's the, there's the, um, there's recap episodes. There's like five recap episodes right in the middle there. And then right in the middle of fights, there would just be a filler episode of, the Straw Hats in Feudal Japan. Oh, oh yeah, that's like the stuff they did where they had like the uh, the buggy races back in the day. Yeah. 
No, uh, I, I actually use anime filler lists. So of the thousand episodes of One Piece, I think I've only seen 700 because that's how much filler it has. I did not. No, it only has 100 episodes of filler. Well, okay, there's there's filler and then there's mostly canon. Yeah. Um. So I want to say it's during the Luffy time skip where he's like thinking about growing up with Ace and Sabo. There is a lot of unnecessary content there. And uh, what was the other one we skipped? Uh, we skipped a lot. Here's the issue. Dress Rosa. Um, when we started watching, my wife and I, when we started watching, I want to say Dress Rosa had started. When my wife and I finally caught up six. No, no. Dress Rosa hadn't started. Like Dress Rosa was out of the arena. It took us six months to catch up. And that was like back when Dress Rosa was going. Uh, Wano had just started. Or no, yeah, Wano. Wano had just started. So it was like, holy crap. Just Dress Rosa should have been the best arc. And it was the one with the most filler, hands down. Yeah, Dress Rosa is kind of rough to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's that, uh, that's the One Piece hour. I want to talk about One Piece because the no. manga... So the manga doesn't have the Arlong Park walk. The, the Arlong Park walk? What? Yeah, you know the part in Arlong Park... In the anime, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah where yeah. Luffy puts puts his hat on Nami, he says, "I'm gonna fight Arlong," and then they walk to Arlong Park, and then Luffy punches the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's like a three minute scene of just walking to the music, and it's really good. Uh, and the manga is just um, he puts the hat on Nami, he yells, "He's gonna fight," and then and very then the next page breaks. punches the wall. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, it's um, they they. Well, it's really really funny, and it's so depressing. And you saw it really well during episode a thousand. I don't know if you watched the intro for episode one thousand. I saw, yeah, I saw the opening. So episode one thousand is basically a. Uh, it it shows all the characters like how they started and where they got. While they all do like a special attack against some a big uh, against some Kaido's minions. They redrew a bunch of the old scenes with the old character proportions, and like. Luffy used to be a letter I, and I just missed that. Like, he was just this lanky letter I, and now he's kind of filled out, and I don't like it as much. Yeah, that's something nostalgic about early One Piece. It's so trashy. It's it's hot garbage, and I love it. Yeah. One Piece is good. But, uh, but yeah, so one, once again, watch One Piece, even if Mike tells you no. It is peak. So, uh, one thing we're going to talk about, this episode... Being a Christmas episode, we put a delay on a Patreon request. Uh, we got a $25 Patreon request from Vinegar Raw. And he was he was like, oh, yeah, I paid the $25. Uh, hey, you guys said you'd watch Euphoria, right? Ha <laughs> wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> that was the and biggest so, regret of our collective lives. And it, all, it is all Mop's fault. Well, I have to uh, I have to do a ton of legwork for this because it it's it's. I don't know if the visual novel is worse and like the visual novels, what everybody always references when they talk about how bad it is. But like, I, th- I think I've, I've sat through two episodes right now and it's just been boring. Like they, they start you with a shock. Like they, they actually start you with somebody dying in an electrical chair, like straight up getting murdered full on, like accurate murder, everything. Um, but then it just gets tame from there. And I talked to one of my buddies who actually watched it and I'm like, Hey, so I'm getting this thing where, you know, it's just 20 minutes of porn an episode. And then, like, there's, like, a 30-second clip of something, like, actually shocking happening. Is is that pretty much the entire anime? And my buddy's been like, yeah. So, I guess I'm going to have to play a visual novel. 
And did you? Whoa. Did you learn how to Whoa. read? Well, this is not the. Uh, I'll, I'll just use Windows text to speech. Uh, this isn't the. This isn't the official episode for that, so we're not going to worry about it. Uh, I am going to say though, like uh, we're not going to take porn requests in the future. And, and the, the, we've well, learned like, our prior, lesson. Well, no, not just that. Like, if you think about it, there's only like a handful of truly shocking things. Um, there's like Hell's Carnival or something, which was an actual cartoon. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't meant to be hentai, and it was just like a lot of abuse of a child. Um, and then there's Wang has been looking for go for a punch for years. Uh, but there's, there's like euphoria and then there's like Boku no Pico. If you just want to see something shocking. Um, but any other request we would take at that point would just be like a Patreon being like, ha, 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 I want validation for how great my taste in porn is. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's fair. I, but now, I like now, gotcha. now, oh, now, 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 now that you mentioned Windows text to speech porn, I can't get this idea out of my mind. <laughs> and then she came out of her eye hole. Ah! <laughs> oh, just like the the Windows monitor, because I got I got the female voice. You know, uh, no, no, no. You like, you know what program you should use? You should use the same uh, text to speech program that Stephen Hawking had, and that is used in that I, NASA game. I thought the Google one. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Google text to speech. John no, Madden. John uh, Madden. No, it's uh, it just it it wouldn't be. It, it just wouldn't be anything, you know, it's like, oh, ha, 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 we did something really shocking, guys, but I don't, like, I, I, I like what Gachi did. Gachi was like, hey, I have this anime I like. It's a huge part of actual culture, like, a lot of animes base heavy inspirations from it. Uh, even Cowboy Bebop's inspired by it. The French love it for some reason. Uh, can you guys watch City Hunter? And I appreciate what he did there. But, like, it's just, I, I'm gonna make that Euphoria episode good. I promise you, Vinegar, I'm gonna make that I'm gonna make that great, but like, I need time. I need time to like read a visual novel. I need to do basically what I did with the freaking demon. Bay we need here. at least half a year because I'm not watching that with the risk that my girlfriend is going to dump me before we get married. I need legal leverage before <laughs> that, that becomes a risk. Fair enough. It, it, yeah, so it's, it's that's what we're running into with that. It's not that I'm like delaying a Patreon request because I want to, it's just to make that episode good because believe it or not, like once you get past the fact that it's like, Oh, this is the most guru head tie out there. Uh, like once you get past that, there's not a lot of content. I mean, that, that, so. it's always that, that way with uh, shock value content. I think like I used to be in a lot of mu musical hipster circles back in the day. And then there, there was like, Dio, this band recorded the uh, audio by putting a microphone uh, into a cup full of uh, human scalp. Isn't this like, Cool now just sounds like shit because that's that, that, that's just pieces of bone that's that doesn't make much of a difference. So uh, I don't know if you know this, but Germany has a huge metalhead scene. Oh yeah, it does. Holy shit. Oh yeah. yeah. But but they're like they they love black metal. Yeah. Like that is their favorite genre is black metal, which is funny because like a ton of power metal bands come out of Germany. Yep. Again, Avantasia and Ed Guy came out of Germany, and that's the biggest name in power metal. No, the, Blind the Guardian is the biggest name in power metal, but they also came out. Blind of Guardian is only relevant because they did a Lord of the Rings album. That is untrue. They are relevant because they were in Robot Unicorn Attack. Okay, sure. And then you got <laughs> Wait, Robot Unicorn No, I know that one because that was that's always by Erasure. Yes, and they also made they made a Robot Unicorn Attack Heavy Metal Edition, which was Battlefield by okay. Blind Guardian. All right, fair enough, fair enough. And that's I, how I, I guess, discovered power metal. I guess like <laughs> that's Glory how I discovered and, music. <laughs> I guess Glory Hammer and Sabaton are technically more relevant, but like 
Ed Guy's been around since like 1993. I think like Sabaton, no, Sabaton is Swedish. Yeah, but like Dream Theater, uh, Ed Guy and Avantasia are like the dream theater of power metal. I don't know what circles you hang around, but I, I've never seen people really talk about Ed Guy that much. All I, guy? Need, all I need to know about Germany is that I was born to hate them, but they also made Einsturzend the new button other industrial bands, so I'm very on the fence here. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't understand like two-thirds of the words you just said after I should hate them. <laughs> good, good. Good. <laughs> that's all you need to know. That, 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 no, uh, that's how the, it is but, with industrial music. But I, I remember when I was in Germany, I had this like this uh member or like this member family in germany where they would like do this thing where they kept one of their kids away from us as the missionaries they're like oh yeah you guys could come over uh rocco's got his night shift tonight so like uh, you guys don't have to worry i don't know if his name was actually rocco it just sounds good um and the guy came in he like came downstairs one day and he had his like face fully painted with the uh like the ghost makeup yeah his, his face was fully painted in, like, ghost makeup. He had chains on. He was wearing a sleeveless shirt. Like, his T-shirt was, uh, his T-shirt was, like, one of those, like, band prints where it just shows, like, a dude with a shotgun barrel in his mouth. And you said to him, wow, I didn't know you were a juggalo. Well, no, no. It, Germany doesn't have a juggalo problem. Don't worry about it. No. But, uh, like, I sat down with him and I was talking to him, like, hey, man, how's it going? And, like, his whole family was, like, embarrassed for him. And I was just, like, having a conversation with him because I was into metal, too, at the time. And uh, his, his, like, it was one of those things where they were redheaded stepchilding their own son because I guess he had scared previous missionaries. <laughs> <laughs> and we we're talking about like uh, we we're talking about like our favorite bands where people like had killed it themselves like while recording an album. <laughs> and uh, the next week he came to church and his dad is like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just got to meet someone based. Yeah. Well, it's it's to get it's. To it's God. I mean, I've, I've, I've kind of spent my whole life as an outcast in my own damn religion. So, like, I get it when other people do that. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, so sometimes you just got to meet the devil to go to, to God. That's That was his role in the Old Testament from what I've heard. So, yeah. I thought that was the New Testament. The New Testament just has devil like, hey, dude, you should do drugs on this desert. <laughs> and Jesus was like, no. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Have you ever like gone a couple of days without eating? Uh, yeah. No. Because uh, after about three days, you'll do damn near anything for a sandwich. Yep, that's true. Like, I, I need you guys to understand. Like, if you ever go three days hungry, I think the most I ever went was like five because I had the swine flu. But as soon as my appetite came back, like five days later, I was like, oh boy, uh, I'm gonna go to Winko and I'm gonna eat everything in the pastry section. In Poland, we have a saying, I could eat a whole horse, including the hooves, and that applies, yeah. I just, I, I, I translated that in German in my mind, and I realized, like, you would insult half the people at the club if you said that. Good. <laughs> That's all the Germans deserve. So, uh, we, we should actually probably talk about anime. Holy crap. What? About uh, what? So... <laughs> Yeah, so this is the JoJo episode. Uh, this is the JoJo Center Our World Netflix episode. And uh, so it's, it, yeah, it's the Netflix episode. So fun fact, we have the first 12 seasons of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Guess what Japan doesn't have? Uh, I think you mean the first 12 ep episodes, not seasons. However, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the first 12 episodes of season six. Yeah. It's season five, part six. Japan we have the first 12 episodes. Japan doesn't. Seriously? Huh. Are they coming out weekly in Japan? 
No, no. So what happens is Japan isn't starting until the airing cycle starts for Japan, which is January 6th, I believe, this year. Oh, that's oh. fucked up. Yeah, so January 6th, the season starts for them. Uh, so they're going to see the episodes episodically. And so a bunch of them are just getting VPNs and logging into American Netflix. Yeah, because it's, it, it, it's in Japanese. Yeah, so. it is. Uh, shout out, though, that Kira Buckland landed a role as Jolene. Yeah, yes. one of the I actually few. watched the dub and it is pretty good. It, yeah, it's uh, from what I understand, because I don't watch dubs, uh, but from what I understand, Kira Buckland did a really good job with Jolene. She, yep. she, she fucking better after like the last 20 years being thirsty for that role. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm First, ha- last 20 years of what? Of being what f- did you just say? Of being thirsty to get that role. Yeah. Oh, okay. I. I thought you said Thirsty the Troll. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. She did not play, play a role in Trolls 2. That's... Uh, <laughs> that, that's I mean, a she might. Oh, Trolls, well. <laughs> Trolls 2. I, I, I met her once, actually, because I, I swear she comes up to Alaska all the time. Like, I met her once, and I think of all the voice actors I worked with, she was the one that didn't make me want to, like, slam my head into the wall. I mean... Because... And, and I could just say this. Like, I met one of the women who did, like, the Danganronpa voice actor work. And I was just like, I hate you. You're a woman. <laughs> no, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say who she is or anything. But like, she wore like an obnoxious amount of pink, which I'm okay with because I think that's baller as hell. Like, just totally like borderline Sanrio mascot. Tons of pink. Uh, but she always talked like this. Like, uh, guys. So uh, where are we going next? Uh, oh no. Oh, oh. Well, if they if they have salads, we we can do that. We're gonna burn Baltimore, baby. <laughs> oh no! I have a uh, there was a director at my job that talks like that. Just, I, I I don't know. It was just it was it, it was like whenever she talked because we were at like a huge dinner party at the Moose's Tooth. Whenever she talked, I had to like lean over the burning candle to hear what she's saying because she'd be like, "Well, I." I guess my favorite part of, of doing that character is it really let me, you know, be myself. And I like, I went and I looked up the character. It's like, yeah, the one who betrays you and is psychotic and screams the entire time. I'm like, yeah, that looks yeah, like Yeah, I know you. exactly what character. No, yeah, that, that, that really narrows it down. exact character. I, I haven't even played Danganronpa and it really narrows it down. I, I never played Danganronpa because I played the, there was the game that came out. I want to say it was either on the PSP or the 3DS where it was like made by the same company. I, tra- I can't remember what it was called though. It was called like Death's Game or something. 999? Like yeah, 999. I remember playing it and being like, now I remember why Phoenix Wright is the only visual novel I like. 999 is insane. I love Danganronpa. No, <laughs> I, I, I'll play I'll play Mist before I play that ever again. You should play uh, 13 Sentinels Ages Rim for the Sony PlayStation 4 and coming soon to the Mo- Nintendo Switch. Moff is like, I'll play a good game before I play a good game. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I just bought FNAF Security Breach from a PS5, so we'll see how that goes. Oh man, you should yeah. you should play. Like, Dude, that game has no right being as horny as it is. <laughs> I, so I gotta play uh, yeah, it so back to it. Yes, everyone so has to play it. I, I will say, and I don't know if this was. Uh, wow, I thought it was Akira. Who um, who's the creator? Araki. Araki right. is the okay. creator of JoJo. So I remember. I remember hearing him during an interview not hearing him but reading an interview he did like in the late 2000s where he was talking about how much groundbreaking work he did with jojo and it wasn't just him jerking himself off like 
he scared his editors when he did JoJo. Hell yeah, he did. Because, yeah. well, part one ended and he's like, yeah, that was the first time in like history where the main character dies and the show goes on. And he was talking about it. He's like, yeah, you know, my, my editor was actually super mad at me that, that uh, Jonathan was dead. He's like, so is he going to come back? Was this a fake out? And he's like, no, we're going to jump time frame 40 years. And he's like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that like JoJo and Castlevania have so many similarities, but they were like coming out at the same time. Well, yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it, so it's, it's interesting though. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is we go all the way now to part six and that I would say more than killing a main character, having a JoJo that's a woman was, was a bold move. And I really like how Rocky diffuses the situation immediately. Right. And that's like they're in the prison cells and she's crying that a guard saw her jack off. Yeah. I, I don't think this is jacking off a woman. Then again, who knows? Yeah. Well, well, you know, it is. But it's like that, that's how they diffuse the situation. Like, oh, we're going to have a girly, effeminate Jojo do girly, effeminate stuff. And it's like, no, she takes abuse. She gets the crap kicked out of her. She I mean, she takes more of a beating than Giovanni ever did. Yep. Oh, yeah. Also, like immediately too, like her second, like the second fight she does, she almost dies. Yeah, yeah, no, straight up. Also, she's in the prison, Florida. Like instantly, all all fucking prison guards are bastards. It's yeah, great. Honestly, I I like that it takes place in Florida. Yeah, realistic. Yeah, it does. I I said it on Twitter, but like this fucking manga uh, is now exactly twenty years old. The first chapters of Part Six came out in two thousand one, and it feels fresher than most things that are coming out right now. What the fuck? Yeah, no, Jojo. Which so I have did he this go on hiatus after Part Six. Like uh, he switched yeah, publications. So yeah, yeah, it became okay. a um... monthly. Yep. Yeah, and also it it's it the official genre of it went from shonen to sinen? to senin. Senin, yep. yeah. I think it's technically pronounced sanin, but I'm not going to do that. I don't know. So I have this theory in my head that yeah. the first like f- three parts and the first half of part four have that like burly man art style. No, that was actually a Rocky getting better as an artist. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's all it is. It, it, no. They actually talked about it. That's just a Rocky understanding anatomy gooder. Okay, I thought it was just like because that's what manga looked like in the eighties, and then in the nineties he decided to to, uh, to 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 like experiment a bit. Yeah. So that was just what I thought it was my thing. No, no, it was uh, it was straight up. He was not uh, he was not a great director, or he was not a great artist because he Iraqi did Fist of the North Star, right? No, no, <laughs> no, I thought he did. No. no, he was very much inspired because that was the hottest shit when Part One came out. But that's it. Yeah. yeah I, okay. I forgot I the news. He did something before JoJo. Uh, he did something he before did JoJo. Bottle. I swear. Bottle yeah, bottle. before JoJo. JoJo. Yeah, yeah. Bottle is pretty go. good. I've read it. Um, the OVA is also pretty good. I, I just. What's what's really funny to me as somebody who doesn't read the anime or who doesn't read the manga, who only watches anime. I remember being told up and down that part five was the best part and that part six was hot garbage. Who fucking told you that? Nobody. I I had I had so many friends that are like the mainline Jojo timeline because this this takes place in the mainline Jojo timeline. Uh, Part six ends the timeline. 
Um, spoiler alert, part six ends the official JoJo timeline. Yeah. Uh, That's something you can tell just by looking at a picture of Steel Ball Run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the main character is named Jonathan. And it takes place um, in the Wild West in the 19th century. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So part six ends the timeline. But I, I remember people being like, oh, my gosh, part six was so bad. They had to restart the entire manga and stuff like that. And they're like, part five is truly the best part of JoJo. No. And I'm going to be honest with you. Part five is the second weakest part after part one. Yeah. So for years... Everyone hated part five. Yeah. Really? For years, because part five did not have a good translation. Mm-hmm. So people read part five, people like English speakers read part five, and they had this terrible translation, which is how I read it. And I was like, this is hot garbage. What These the, are what, not actual characters. What, what the fuck is happening? How the fuck does King Crimson work? Why is the turtle selling, saying moo? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you you guys uh, you guys are aware of the fact that uh, part five is the reason Crunchyroll like redubbed all the names of the stands, right? I mean, they can yeah, no, part, four- yeah, part five. The part five game was going to be localized, but then Prince happened. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Prince happened? Because the uh, stand, the the main Giovanna stand. What's his name? Giorno. Gold, yeah, no, the stand, Golden Experience ah, is yeah. a yeah, yeah. is a Prince reference. Yeah, and Prince is was pretty well known for uh, suing anything and everything. See, that's not the story I heard. What did what you? I story? heard it was I heard it was King Crimson who sued them. I mean, King Crimson notoriously takes down all their songs from YouTube as well, so it can be yeah, both. It's probably a mix of both, but yeah, I I heard it wasn't Prince. I heard it was King Crimson. I always heard Prince, like that, but it could be like it could be it could be both. Either way, <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I I could hurt. Yeah, go no, ahead. no. I just want to say that uh, I like part five. I like the creativity it has in, on display, and I like the main team. But yeah, I like part f- six and four much more. Uh, oh yeah, four, well, two and four are my favorite parts. Four, I, four I think slaps. four is great. I think I've said this before, but. Part two has my favorite JoJo because it's got Joseph. Yeah. And it also has my favorite supporting character, Stroheim. What? Part four is why, what why I is like. Fa- why is he your favorite? You got to explain that one. Because <laughs> he's insane. Okay. Like, it, okay. It, it's like he's introduced by like breaking a woman's hand for screwing up shaving his face. Like, And he's your favorite? He's, That's your favorite? He's completely insane. And then the next time he's introduced, after he dies, he shows up and hip thrusts through a door with a machine gun strapped to his chest. Stroheim is pretty raw. I will will give you that. I would say Stroheim is the most eccentric Jojo character until part six. But yeah, so part two has my favorite Jojo and my favorite supporting cast. Part four, I actually believe is the best written part with the most interesting story, even Based. if I hate Rohan. Not Rohan's fun fact. Rohan has my you know, favorite stand power. Rohan is also crazy. <laughs> you know, uh, Rohan is Araki's self-insert, right? Yeah. He, he did, he did <laughs> that, that, but, he, but yeah. <laughs> he actually says that uh, he- Heaven's Door is his favorite like stand power. Yeah, because it's, it's the best one. It's the coolest one. I think technically my favorite stand power probably goes to Purple Rain. Purple Rain's pretty cool. But the problem with Purple Rain is, like, it's the only stand that can actually kill the owner. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, uh, so yeah. Well, not the only part one, but two. the only one that is not, you know, a monster of the week, even yeah. if it kind of uh, is. <laughs> part two, favorite JoJo. Part four, probably the best written part. So far, part six is my favorite, like just part. Part six is good. I don't. Part five I don't is my think favorite. It's... Sorry, go ahead. Wait, part five is your favorite? No, part five is my favorite fight, which, which is the white album fight. What, what is the white album fight? The, ice the, sk- the one with ice skating. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, haven't seen that, it that in the probably... anime yet. I will, I'm planning on going through the it's anime because really I, I've only seen parts one and two of the anime. And I've like, read all the way through part five. I haven't read part six. Well, I think the thing that really sets part five aside is like the, the part I like the least is I can tell you events that happen in part two. Like, you know, you got the Coke bottle introduction scene. Uh, I mean, that that's the big one right there. You introduce Joseph by using a Coke bottle to break a cop's finger. Araki hating cops. It's the funniest damn thing. Yeah. Uh, you got the Coke bottle scene. You got the scene where he's climbing the pillar and it activates a latch and he has to like jump over the oil. Like, you know, you got the scene where one of the pillar men's brains is attached to his love interest. You got the part where uh, Caesar dies. You got, you know, the part where he ricochets a freaking, (laughs) he like ricochets an arbalist ball to kill a vampire. I mean, he's piloting a freaking plane and gets attacked by piranhas. You have so many scenes you can remember in the second part. And even part three, you know, there are memorable stand battles like Polner of having to lick a toilet. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, you get you get to part four. Pretty much any time Kira's on frame, it's a memorable moment. Kira uh, is then the you get best JoJo villain. Yeah. You get to part five and I can really only remember three sequences. Yeah. And it's Aerosmith fighting a spider in a bottle, the torture dance. And Sex Pistols giving Giovanni a blowjob or vice versa. Vice versa. Like, there, there you go. Yeah. I don't even remember the stand. I don't even remember the users' names. Like, I just remember their stands. I guess I remember Bucciarati. And, and part five just came out like three years ago. That's how bad part five was. I, I think part five has, from what I remember, I haven't read, I read part five in high school and right. haven't even looked at it since. Part five has some of my favorite fights in the series. I actually completely disagree. I was so bored with Part Five's fights; it wasn't even funny. Especially, like I said, White Album is my favorite fight in all of JoJo. White Album, I really like uh, the one with the fucking uh, fishing pole. Uh, I, I love the fight. The oh, movie. that one was actually with yeah. The, the notori- okay, the no- fishing pole fight. Was great. The, the the one with Notorious Big on the plane was also cool. You mean yes. Notorious Chase? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, Green Day. Oh, Green Day was great. Uh, actually, yeah. you know, you know what the worst part about Part Five was, and this was entirely the anime's fault. They hyped the intro, like they hyped the OP for Part Five so hard. They're like, "Oh my gosh, you guys are gonna love it!" It's not in the first episode, so you have to wait another week. And the whole time they're hyping it, they're like, "By the way, we brought the the, the freaking Dream Team, Lightning in a Bottle Dream Team, that did a Cruel Angels thesis together." We're going to give you the most baller OP of all time. And I, to this day, can't remember anything about the part five opening, either of them. I didn't watch it, so I can't tell you. <laughs> I did it's, watch all the part four openings as they were coming yeah. out. And let me tell you, those are great days is a fucking And banger. crazy noisy town. Yes. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. No, part four probably had the best openings. Yeah. I like, really like the part six opening we got so far. Right? The fact that they bring back CG and... Uh, the song it itself is just great. Like PS3 levels CG again? Yeah, I love it. Love it. 
And uh, I don't I don't like the ED for part six, even though I get the whole reference um, about like, you know, you're looking out into the sea where your dad mostly died kind of thing. Like, eh, eh, whatever. Yeah, not a not a <laughs> I don't, I don't like huh? the I don't like the part six ED. I will say part one's OP went hard and part two continued to go hard. Uh part three was hit or miss. I think I like the first OP more than the second, but Stan Proud's great and the last OP is great. The middle one's kind of yeah. okay. And yeah, then okay, the last OP, the version that has like all three singers is so good. Yeah. Great days is oh, the yeah. same thing too. Well, Great Days and Quiet Noisy Town. Um, I think I like Great Days more because Great Days is the one that does the breakdown, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I like Great Days more. Great Days is. I think. I think Great Days is the best opening. The the fact no. like they they recorded this song and made the visuals in such a way that it works in fucking reverse is magical. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, that's that's the one thing. Like you have to even if you don't like the damn op, you have to watch. Every single JoJo OP, every time, because they always mess with the OP. Yep. It's so good. Like, they even do it, like, I can't, good. like, did you know the next group of episodes are going to have a, a different OP. Yeah, definitely. So because the, did, the last episode of, like, episode so 12 I, has the version with the sound effects. Did, did I miss, um, what, I, I swear I wasn't paying attention because I swear part six is responsible for the meme where it shows like somebody like lying in a pool of blood and the caption's like, Jojo fans, when one of their characters has to fight at a guy who makes frogs come on Tuesdays at three o'clock. No, that's just, just three o'clock, unfortunately. I think well, that's just like, no. a, like from part four on, stands are just kind oh, okay. of got ridiculous. Well, I, I, I remember being told that there was a stand that could turn people into snails. Like something like that. Yeah, yeah that, that's part six. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I thought that was that stand was called weather control. But we've already seen weather control. Uh, well, well, weather control can make it rain snails because it happened somewhere on the air and it was recorded. So that's weather. But aside from that, I don't think that was that. I haven't read the well, manga, no. but I know that there is people turning to snails. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was told that was, that fight was in part six, and that is apparently the most. Um, what's the term for it? It's the most polarizing fight in the entire series. I'm excited to get because to it. <laughs> because apparently, as a fan, either you're gonna love it or you're gonna hate it, and there is zero in between. Which and I'm we're supposed to be getting new episodes the first of the year. Uh, no, that's a rumor. I I honestly think we're not seeing new episodes I, until like I March thought, or April. I could have sworn I saw an official Netflix account saying that we were getting new episodes. The well, I have a, uh, a mechanical keyboard, so I can't verify that. <laughs> we're just we're just gonna we're just gonna say shit. And yeah, yeah, put yeah it I can't do anything. Onto the air. So I honestly, part six, the cast has been amazing. I mean, every single woman is the most disgusting and just. It's a better orange is the new black. That's how I would put it. Yeah, and it came out 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember, actually, I remember my wife and I had just gotten married. And I think orange is the new black was like Netflix's huge breakthrough show when they're like, yeah, we're making our own media now. Well, Here's it was, orange um, is the new black. It was House of Cards first and then orange is the new black. Yeah. I thought HBO did House of Cards. No, that was, that was Netflix. Okay. Okay, yeah, I remember Orange is the New Black, and everyone's like, it's so raw. Is House of and Cards like, still on re- Netflix? I think so. I, I figured they own the rights to everything they ever made. Well, I mean, like, because of the, the incident. What happened? Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Oh, with uh, <laughs> Kevin Spacey, right, right. Where there was a reason he decided to do a show called Baby Driver. 
Jesus. He's like, Christ what, you mean I'm not going to be left alone in this car full of children? What do you mean the main character is called Baby, but he's like 25? What the fuck? I have to be with an autistic man here? I thought this was babies that I was driving to my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. It, it, well, it, is, is autistic a word I'm not allowed to say anymore? No, you can say I mean, autistic. If the I mean, character okay. is actually autistic, you can say autistic. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't one of those words like that we get kind of retarded. As long as you don't use it as a slur. As long as you don't use it as a slur, you're fine. I've I've had to get like super creative with my slurs. What I've done recently is uh, I look up, uh, I I go to like uh, the different South American countries. So like if I got a Guatemalan friend, I go on like the Ecuadorian racial slur list for Guatemalans. So, since Moff is on his way to get nothing but fucking coal in five days from now, <laughs> have you guys watched anything Christmas Uh I watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer today. Oh, how did you like I it? Got, oh, God. I got three movies on the list. I got uh, My Family Tradition. Every year my mom makes us watch Jingle All the Way because she loves Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, then I got National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is my movie. And uh, I really want to watch Santa's Sleigh this year. What is that? That is, uh, I don't know a whole lot about it, other than it's just a movie where a dude in a Santa suit murders a bunch of people. But it's like almost a comedy. That That's all I know about it. It's called Santa's Sleigh. It's on Peacock. I'm not using Peacock to watch anything. <laughs> what the, what the fuck is Peacock? <laughs> I pay, it's, it's, uh, it's NBC or CBS is like streaming service yeah or maybe it's ABC. Did, did, did they name it this way just so that the the older users could be told that you pick up their mom jesus christ no the nbc no, no, logo no, looks it's, like a peacock uh, yeah the nbc logo is peacock ah oh right which uh, is something yeah. i had to be told uh when i was like 20. <laughs> oh man speaking of which uh horrible confessions so until i was in my like early or mid 20s i thought spider-man's main villain was ray mysterio and, and Titty's not going to get this, but Rey Mysterio is a professional wrestler. Yeah, I'm going to get this. <laughs> Rey Mysterio was my favorite professional wrestler. I uh, I was always a Sting kind of guy for the longest time. I love Rey Mysterio. I, uh, He's great. But then Mick Foley actually took the took over. Like <clears throat> Mick Foley with Mankind, really. Mick Foley is going to be in my city, like, in a couple weeks. Just like motivational talks for pennies on the dollar. I want to go see it. <laughs> he uh, he came to like uh, Arctic Comic Con like two years ago, and apparently he was just the the one that like even if people didn't know who he was, they heard he was like such a great booth dude that they just came by to like talk to some random celebrity. McFoley is so cool. Yeah, I uh, I like him. Uh, his mankind was the perfect foil to The Rock. Yes. The dude almost fucking killed himself for Dropping his craft. Wait, we, we can't. We, we, I think Mike already talked about this. And if he hasn't, then we have to like wait to get him on the recording because he will talk about McFoley dropping from the cage of death all day. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have to do a McFoley dropping from the cage of death episode. Yes, well, we watch that entire fight anime podcast episode fights. about wrestling. <laughs> I'm serious. We need to do an episode where we watch that fight and then talk about it. Uh, 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 titty question. <laughs> yep. 
Um, are there like it's it's the weird white hippo? They're called moonkins, right? Yeah, moments, moments, moments. Is there like a moments saves Christmas special? They're uh, not really special because they did try to divorce this as much as possible from any cultural contexts. So there's no like Christmas or anything. But there is a fucking monster from the uh, mountains that turns everything into ice as she walks past. So yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay. So this is. This is like uh, the Star Wars Christmas special where they celebrate Life Day. No, they don't celebrate. It's just fun family time without any uh, actual, uh, you know, seasonal connotations, I would say. And uh, nobody has to put on a VR headset where they watch porn in the living room with their entire family. No, the, no, no, no. But the Papa Moomin does not jerk off in the living room. No, he just, <laughs> just he just threatens to shoot everybody with his gun. I remember that. Yeah. Just like a Polish grandpa. Yeah. One fucking. You know what? I'm going to drop $25 in the podcast just so I can make you guys watch movies. Oh, the 2018 movie? That's in 3D? No, no. The actual series from the 80s. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I was reminded actually of my mom's show growing up because she grew up in uh, Um. She uh, she watched a show called uh, De Pumokol. <laughs> Uh, I realize what I just said doesn't sound like anything to anybody, but maybe Tid. It sounds like a slur, but go on. No, it was De Pumokul. And it was like, um, it was Aaron Banhad und De Pumokul. Uh, und Zaina Pumokul, I guess was the official title. And it was uh, it was a show where they actually did the Disney technique, which was mind-blowing. This was in the 60s and 70s. Um, he, it was a German guy walking around doing day-to-day stuff and they filmed it and then they drew a cartoon character on the film. So like very much Mary Poppins mm-hmm. and it was his Pumokul. And of course it never got like localized, but like the fact that the Germans had the budget for this show, cause having a character who can act with a cartoon character that isn't present and to draw a full cartoon character on an already recorded film like that, that that's not cheap. Well, so it's, it's just weird to me that a European country put that much money into something that wasn't de schlumpfel. Uh, that's, that's the Smurfs. I, oh, yeah, I it is. Yeah, the Smurfs are called de schlumpfel. I know. You just had to remind me of this. Oh, my God. Like, that, that was like the one line in the sand that uh, you understood as a child that yeah. you, you would never understand Germans because you say, oh, it's Smurfel. That's a fun name. And they're like, the Schluffel. And you know, oh, yeah. they're trying to kill us with their language. It's a barbed wire. And you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Well, what are they saying? So, sorry, uh, random German break. Honestly, I don't have a lot to say about part six. I feel horrible saying it. I love it. I think it's probably my new favorite part. But uh, I don't want to ruin the experience for anybody. Like, if, if you've been curious about JoJo, um, I wouldn't start with part six, technically season five, but I also wouldn't start with part one. I would start with start part, part one. one. It's just eight episodes. And honestly, the first it's like 12. No, it's eight episodes. Part one is 12 episodes. Part one is 12. No, no. it's not. It's 10. It's not even. It's eight. Okay, so you're wrong. You're wrong. It's not eight. It's way more than eight. It is eight. No, it's 12. It is Fun. not 12. I can tell you that right Part now. 2 is it not is. just 12 episodes. It's Part the, 2 the, is like 24 episodes. The, no, it's the, not. The, the, first season, the, the first season was the 35 first episodes and it's both parts. The first season is episodes. The first season is 35 episodes? Okay, no, so no. then part 2. <laughs> 24. <laughs> There's no way part 2 is only 12 episodes. So much happens. Yeah, exactly. It's 14. It's not 12 episodes. It's more than that. 
Because, because part the first one season is twenty episodes. The first season is twenty four episodes. That's both part okay, one so, and part so two. Okay, so part one was ten episodes. Yes. All right. I believe it's. Eight. I'm not looking this up. The, like, the reason we're arguing about this is because none of us want to touch our keyboards because our microphone. Are right. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't you do it. Many episodes. <laughs> so like nine. It, it, I would say we are, we are all wrong. Just nine. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Like you're, you're telling somebody, "Hey, watch nine episodes, knowing it's going to get better after this." See, like, yeah, but like, but if you already f- like it, then yeah, you're going to get better. Fir- the first three or so episodes of Judge of Part One are fucking blitzkrieg fast. Like the <laughs> first episode is just an entire setup for the rivalry between Jonathan and Dio, and it's perfectly done. But the first then they episode get to- is so good. Yeah, but then they get to the mm-hmm. fucking fight with the knights, and it just stops. Everything fucking stops with those two fucking Tarkus fuckers. Tarkus. One of them is called Tarkus. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, like, I, I can always tell, like, Titty, like, actually gets adamant about something because his entire, like, language shifts. <laughs> and you get to meet Tom Petty and Speedwagon. Okay, Speedwagon. Mario cool. Speedwagon? Yeah, you get to be fucking Speedwagon, and he's the yeah. best. And you can hear Baron Zepai tell you, hey, baby. <laughs> was Ario Speedwagon around in the 80s? I thought that was like Tom DeLonge's breakoff band from Blink-182. Why do you think his name is Speedwagon? Well, okay, but that means that, that Araki's a time traveler, because what happened is Blink-182 broke up, uh, Tom Baker went to become uh, Adult Swim's main drummer, uh, the other Tom did Angels and Airwaves, and their bassist made Ario Speedwagon. But that band didn't start until the 1990s. Moth, so you are making sh- shit up. Ario <laughs> Speedwagon has been a thing since the 60s. No, they haven't. They have. What am I thinking of, though? Because it was Angels and Airwaves, Tom Baker became the Adult Swim drummer who appears in, like, every freaking pop star's, like, music video when they need a drummer. And then the other guy went and did, like, Ario Speedwagon. You are making shit up. I'm not. You are. None of that happened. Yes. Angels and Airwaves was Tom DeLonge's breakup. And then Tom Baker is the the adult swim. I'm trying to remember what the other bassist did. Because he also made a band. And that band was REO Speedwagon. No, it wasn't. Muff, 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 muff. Are you sure you are not this time traveler here? Just just to make perfectly clear. No, this 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 is the, all three of them got different bands because Tom DeLonge's a little bitch who can't stick around long enough, and they had to get the lead singer from the Alkaline Trio to release two new albums. Bands created after Blink, Blink 182. 182 oh broke up. <laughs> Matt Skiba is that who you're thinking of? Is that their bassist? Uh, oh wait, that's our current members. Tom, Scott Rayner? I, I don't know. It was, look, look, Ario Speedwagon was made by the bassist after Tom DeLonge did Angels and Airwaves. Sure. Okay, who, 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 who the fuck was the bassist here? <laughs> sure, and Araki just so happened to name his character in a manga full of characters based off of bands, Speedwagon, which has nothing to do with Ario Speedwagon. Well, uh, would you like some vanilla cream to calm down? Oh my god. <laughs> I, I think the worst thing is I got the Polish guy looking up Blink-182 band options. And I can't find them. Scott Rayner and Tom DeLonge are the only two who left to form another band. 
Yep. Okay, then what did Scott Rayner make? Here, Titty, type in Scott Rayner bands. Because that was Oreo Speedwagon. Mm, da 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 da. Uh, gold record, Dude Ranch. The his heavy use of alcohol caused tension in the trio, leading to a fight that turned, <laughs> in turn led to his firing from the band's midway for a 1998 tour and a subsequent replacement by Travis Barker. Since his booting from the group, Rainer has performed with a wide variety of groups and contributed oh! to the charity Stand Up for Kids. Maybe that's Oh, that. no, it was it was a boxcar racer. Oh, I fucking hate you. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to fly to Alaska and beat you up. <laughs> It was uh, in 2001, Tom DeLong made boxcar racer. I hate you so much. <laughs> this was the We Hate Music podcast. <laughs> wait, wait, no, 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 no. If, we, if we're going to talk about music real quick, uh, can we talk about Centaur World? Why? Let's talk about Steely Dan. <laughs> you know, I, get, I hear Steely Dan get referenced all the time, and I don't get it. Steely Dan's great. I don't know what Steely Dan is. It's a band. Let's let's Name talk about Wait, is it a band music. from the 1970s? Yes. Actually, it's, it's a jazz fusion band. Oh, that's why I don't care. I need, I need the only jazz fusion band I like is Dream Theater. I need to know something. You should keep saying things that upset me. Oh my God, there is a stunt called Weezer. Are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you it's from part five. Oh, no, no it's... It's Fanon. Never mind. Boo. Okay. Oh, okay. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I was really disappointed that there is no Insane Clown Posse stand in part six after I googled it. Like, what a waste of potential. Holy shit, Iraqi. Well, the, man, I, I wish Mike was here so we could actually talk about Insane Clown Posse. Mm -hmm. What's really funny is they their first, like, two albums that came out, one was named after their area code. Then living in California, it was called, like, Nine oh like oh two one eight or something, which is their area code. Nine oh two one. And it's nothing is the California. Nine oh two one oh. Yeah, and if you listen to the album, it's just them like laughing over sampled audio for like an hour straight. <laughs> and I have no idea how you go from that to the great Malenko. By doing enough whoop whoops. Like six years later, that was the part that was the part that blew my mind. Like six years later, they went from like laughing over audio samples to one of the most influential alternative rap albums of all time. I mean, that is and it is disgusting that I have to say that. That's just a good heartwarming story of a talent coming together after you know a lot of trials. It, yeah, it, you should listen to the Nettles game. It, yeah, if they can do it, you can do it. So Centaur yeah, I, World, I mean, boss. Centaur World. Um, I, none of you have seen it though. That's the problem. So I have to, I have to like talk to you as if I was talking to our audience. You're the one who wanted uh, to talk about it. Centaur World, made by Megan Nicole Dong, who also voices uh, Glendale, who is one of the best musician like singers I have ever heard in my life. I have no idea why she decided to make a show about irritable bowel syndrome. Um, Centaur World. It started as like a pseudo kid show that adults could watch like with their nine year and 10 year olds. And then in season two, they took that, threw it out the window and are just like, hey, we know nothing but Tumblr baby children watch this. Let's go. And it's 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 really bizarre because it, it gets introduced and there's a lot of like shock, random he who humor because it's about a normal horse who gets transported to a world filled with centaurs. 
And as she, the, the worst thing about this world, the two main themes of Centaur World is mind break and bimbofication. Because uh, the longer you're in Centaur World, the way the inhabitants perceive you causes you to transform. Uh, I just Googled the name. And do you want to know the name of the uh, producer of Centaur World? Oh, it's like Johnny Cuck. Louis J. Cuck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I remember. <laughs> okay, I, but I got, how is it spelled? Like it sounds. No, I, I got uh, banned on Twitter for a week because I was commenting on somebody's Facebook post. They're like, man, I can't think of a worse thing than name your son Gaylord. And I was like, yeah, the the, the producer of Centaur World is literally named Cuck. Well, he didn't get And then I wake that. up the that's next just day. His last name. I know, but like I, I like wake up and the next morning and I have an email that's like, you've been banned from Facebook for a week. And I'm like, again? <laughs> this dude is kind of base. He's a producer for Chowder and Billy and Mandy and I Am Weasel. So, okay, yeah, this dude knows talent when he sees it. Well, it just shows that if you really want something to stand out, you need some cock. You need Louis uh, J. Cuck. You need Speedweed. Well, you need no, that makes sense because he's, Wolf, yeah. he's... No, no, it makes sense that Louis C. Cuck's a producer because he just sits back and watches it happen. Yeah, he gives, he gives money to it. So well, sometimes producers, like, give feedback. Well, uh, I, I actually learned this the other day. Uh, Red Letter Media, they were talking about the movie... Uh, Enemy Mine, which is the movie about the the astronaut and the alien that crash land on the same planet and like learn how to survive together. Apparently, they rewrote the ending of that movie to the part where he has to save uh, the alien's son from like a slave operation in a mining company. And they're like, "Wow, why did he have to do this?" And I guess the studio note from one of like the lead producers funding the movie was that they felt audiences would be confused with a movie called Enemy Mine if there wasn't a literal mine in it. <laughs> Yeah, producers are also idiots. Uh, there's, a, there's a balance there. There, there was this yeah, great so, uh, interview recently surfacing from... Oh, God, who the fuck did Spaceballs? What was his name? Um, oh, uh, gosh, the dude who's somehow still alive. Mel yeah. Brooks. Uh, Mel Brooks. Yeah, I have to remember because... Yeah, and, I, I, and, he, and he said that his strategy was always, producer, say something, you should do this, this, and was, yeah, absolutely, you're right. And then he fucking ignored it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, that's who it was. It was Mel Brooks. Um, the only way I can remember Mel Brooks is I have to remember that Mel Brooks is the famous Jew and Mel Gibson is the famous Jew hater. You know, actually, that is also how I remember them. <laughs> Not in the, like, you ne- I never, like, put words to it until you just said it. But, like, in my yeah, head, yeah. that's just how it worked. No, like, you can't remember them. Uh, you can't. You can't remember one as an individual unless you remember both of them for opposite reasons. Which is weird because I don't think they've ever been in the room together. Light, dark, well, obviously because hearts. Mel, because Mel Brooks is still alive. <laughs> I have no doubt that Mel Gibson would blood rush if he saw him. Uh, why don't we go and do a producers episode? Oh, that would be the best. Like on the movie, the producers. And yeah, the, yeah. And the, I don't even know what the producers is. It is a movie uh, it's a, by Mel Brooks. Yeah, it's a movie about by Mel Brooks by two guys who tried to uh, bankrupt a theater to cash out, and they made like the worst fucking possible musical about Hitler as the main character who is also effeminately gay, and they make it so bad that the audience loves it. <laughs> oh, so it's UHF. Yeah, just yeah, Google. Look on YouTube for the phrase "springtime for Hitler," and you'll instantly know what kind of fucking movie it is. And it got remade I, uh, into a musical starring Nathan Lane and uh, Matthew Broderick, and it's also really good. It's my favorite. It is one of my favorite musicals. 
No, what was I going to say? Oh, right, Winter Back to that. for Poland and France. <laughs> Go on. I fucking love the So the, okay. the, the reason, like, the, the most horrifying thing about Centaur World, and I'm not kidding, is, like, how you are seen in Centaur World, like, how the inhabitants see you, directly affects your body. So the longer you're there, if the inhabitants, like, see you as something, you're going to transform into that. And you see it happen, like, three separate times. Uh, there's a part where one of the characters, who's a giraffe with abandonment issues, uh... Basically, they they have these minotaurs, which are the enemies, and they fused a human with a snake man and made like a snake minotaur. And uh, he gets stabbed and is like mortally wounded. And the other guy, like thinking, like everybody thinks he's dead except for the giraffe. He's like, no, I just have a chance to be a father. This is my son. And he carries him around like everywhere he goes. And the guy starts to recover because he's in centaur world. And one of the characters is perceiving him as alive. So he starts to come back to life. And he's like, I'm 43 years old. Leave me alone. He's like, no, you're my son. Don't say bad words. And then like six episodes in, he just transforms into like a toddler. That is terrifying. Yes. yes. <laughs> the main character goes from a stalwart war horse to a freaking bubble pony. Like it, it, it is just. And, and at the very end, you're like, okay, maybe it's only monsters that this happens to. Well, the main character's horse, or the rider, the, the the warrior who rode the horse, uh, is in Centaur World for a few weeks, and her hair goes from, like, a really well-kept, like, warrior bun to a freaking pink afro. <laughs> That's what and happens like, with Woman in the Wild. <laughs> dude, it's terrifying. It is, like... It, I like the idea of Centaur World, but it's just horrifying to think about. Like, the longer you live there, the less you have control of your body and emotions. Is that- it is it is mind-break bimbofication. <laughs> <laughs> but it has some of the most baller music I've ever heard in my life. And uh, the main premise of the movie is self-loathing and, like, hatred for your own culture and species uh, can destroy the world around you. Because uh, the main villain, without giving up too many spoilers, uh, the main villain hated himself and his perception of himself and how his people were viewed by the outside world so much that he caused a mass genocide. Based. Oh. <laughs> they they don't they pull zero punches with this. And uh, honestly, if the song Battle Round doesn't win an Academy Award for like best musical number in a series, I'm gonna lose my damn mind. So let me backtrack a bit, actually. What the fuck is Center Ward? <laughs> Um, it's a cartoon on Netflix. Uh, it's a two season short. It's only 20 episodes in total. And each episode is about 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's about a horse who gets separated from her rider into a world card centaur world. And she's trying to get back to the real world because she's basically the war horse of a warrior who's fighting off minotaurs. And you find out that centaur world and the human world used to be linked century, like decades ago. But to seal away an ancient evil, they had to seal that ancient evil in the world between Centaur World and the human world, like the bridge. Mm -hmm. And so season one ends with the bridge getting connected and the evil being released back into the human world. And season two is about getting the humans and the centaurs to work together to defeat the evil. And I'm being very vague here because there's a lot that goes on under the surface. It has some masterful storytelling. It has some great emotion. Phenomenal voice work. The singing is baller. I have both soundtracks on my iPhone right now. Like, it's good. So you're saying that I should start watching that instead of going through the pain that is the second season of The Witcher. Got it. Yep. Bingo. Ooh. Glad we settled that. 
on on the topic of actually Christmas stuff, I wanted to mention I watched Tokyo Godfathers for the first time. Baller movie, ten out of ten. Go watch it. The first Godfather? No, the Tokyo Godfathers. Tokyo Godfathers. (laughs) I watched the first Godfather ten years ago. It's it's also a ten out of ten. I'm actually really interested to watch Tokyo Godfather because I really like Satoshi Kon's movies, and I have not seen that one. Oh, I really recommend it. Like, uh, it starts off a bit slow, I believe, but it's, it has the, all the best constricts, even if it doesn't use the same, you know, themes of insanity and losing your identity and such. It's a very wholesome movie instead. That's but good. it still has the, all, all the great cinematography that he's known for. Hell yeah. Perfect Blue is one of my favorite movies. So. Perfect Blue is, oh, yeah, is a- my favorite movie. Death. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what gets me about Tokyo Godfathers is... I'm actually surprised, uh, especially when I talk about it with, because uh, I have different circles of friends. If if you guys haven't figured this out a long time ago, um, but when I'm in when I'm in like your guys' circles, I always get worried that you guys won't like Tokyo Godfathers Why? because there's um, well there's there's certain levels of like um, LGBT phobia. Like I wouldn't say it's transphobia, but like. Uh, I, I guess drag queens is kind of a dirty word these days. Maybe a bit, but also like um, one of the main characters is a homeless uh, trans woman and she fucking rocks, honestly. <laughs> so. Yeah, she, she does. Um, but I almost feel like it's 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 portrayed very accurately to how those people were perceived by... Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at this clinically, so when I'm saying those people, I'm like, I'm, I'm yeah, focusing yeah, on the, the trans group. people in Japan. How this group is portrayed, uh, seen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How, how trans people in Japan were portrayed at the time Tokyo Godfathers came out. And I, I think it gets by because it's actually such an accurate representation of transphobia as opposed to just somebody being hurtful it's that and it's also like, mixed with how it portrays ho- homeless people and like you know kids who run out away from home which are hu- huge taboos in japan nobody wants to talk about it, but there are real problems and it does portray them it addresses that and it shows them as people so i, th- I think it's a really good movie honestly on that level yeah I, I i just i always i always am like whenever i talk to to i'll just say it like my more lefty friends i'm always like surprised that they all love tokyo godfathers because i'm like a main character pretty much gets abused for being trans yeah, but she fucking like, owns it. Yeah, yeah, she does. Like, and and honestly, she was my favorite character a lot better than the freaking deadbeat dad. Dead, look, Mom, I'm going to spell it out for you here since uh, Mike is not here. But I, I know the sound because the setting, but it's 4 a.m. Sorry. Uh, so it's not about nothing bad happening to people that are b- b- abused in real life as well. It's about malice. And there is no malice in Tokyo Godfathers from the camera and the crew and the director, quite honestly. Or at least it doesn't show. Yeah, it's not like... Uh, I hate to bring this up in the year of our Lord 2021, but The Last of Us Part 2! <laughs> and oh, the no. trans character in that! And how the that was that- handled. The one that gets punched by Fat Geralt? The only thing I remember in The Last of Us Part 2 is that the right-wing people went nuts because you couldn't shoot Jewish relics (laughs) in a (laughs) cutscene. What? They're like, hey guys, look, you can shoot everything else in this game, but you can't shoot the Star of David or the menorah. What? Okay. Okay. And? Okay. Uh, Gamers are weird. I, I actually told Titty Winks uh, before you came in here. Uh, we were, I was like, I was reading a comic, and it was like, "Hey, man, I just went back in time and stopped racism from happening. You want to play some video games? Uh, what are video games?" <laughs> yeah, that's fair. 
The only thing I remember about The Last of Us 2 is that you killed the last person who bought a Vita in that game. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I think... Um, I think my biggest issue I heard from The Last of Us Part 2 is that Ellie walks away instead of killing Joel's murderer. And I think that's a bullshit move because I, I agree with what Yahtzee said when he reviewed it. He was like, so you kill everybody, innocent bystanders, to get to this person. And then you don't kill the person you've killed all these people to kill? Gosh, it's almost as if telling a story about how violence is bad when violence is your main method of communication in the game is kind of a bullshit hypercritical move. But what do I know? Yeah. yeah. Death Stranding is a better example of violence is bad than freaking Last of Us Part 2. Oh, Death yeah. Stranding is great. Death Stranding is... Death Stranding is phenomenal. Death Stranding was one of my favorite games that came out that year. I will buy it again one day on PS5. Eventually. I need to fucking my install wife. it. I have it on PC. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's basically um, postal workers have a hard time during the holidays. The game. It was very interesting playing that during the pandemic because it came out right before it, and so and I played yeah. it during quarantine when my work. Was I think closed the thing that I played it. I think the thing that aggravated me the most when the reviews came out, and 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 this is just this is Metal Gear Solid Two all over again because I remember when Metal Gear Solid Two came out, everyone hated it. Um, and I'm not talking about the NES version. I'm talking about the PS2 GameCube game. Um, I remember a lot of people hated it and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, you can't drive motorcycles everywhere. You can't, I can't deliver stuff in my truck. And it's like, yes, you kind of have to earn the right to do that. Like, this is about the fact that technology has failed to the point that we literally have to have people walking to deliver stuff. So yes, you can't drive your motorcycle through a glacier. Not without people helping you well and, and then additionally i actually remember a lot of people like oh my gosh uh, hideo kojima is just mad because uh, the 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 other japanese guy who made sekiro made game of the year and i'm like you realize sekiro is just dark souls but you have to run a dex build right like <laughs> you, you can't play sekiro <laughs> yeah you can't play sekiro as anything but a dex build like it, they're like oh my gosh sekiro is such a better game than death stranding I'm like, oh, it's not it does the same thing it forces you to play a game the exact same way i don't care like, like sekiro is fine but i yeah. think out of those i i don't want to play it again unlike dark souls or blood Wh- which year was it that death stranding and sekiro came out 2018 2019 oh so yeah. pathologic too sorry <laughs> <laughs> um the Death Stranding is great. Play Death Stranding. Uh, I will. Uh, don't be an idiot about it. Yes, it is actually a walking simulator, and it's based. It's it's well, it's a walking simulator, but it's like one of those ones where like you upgrade how you walk. It's a walking simulator in the literal term. It's a walking yeah. simulator and actually has gameplay mechanics behind the walking. Yep, and I it simulates wait. it. I can't wait to play it on PS5 with the fucking adaptive triggers. Speaking of which, I have to I have to play Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach now. <laughs> I download that game has no right. So here's my joke. Okay. Um, now that Moff has heard so, the call of, call of the Furry Phantom, we can have five finish off. But go. On. <laughs> well, no, but like obviously, regardless of what Scott Cawthorn said, he stayed with the dev team. Like he saw a security breach to the end. Like even if they strike his name from the credits. Even if, you know, he said he stepped down as creative lead, even if he said, I'm totally giving this up to the studio, you know, Scott Cawthorn was working on that game until the 18th. Like, we, we know that, right? Sure. I don't care. I, I, well, no, no, no. But I'm, I'm saying, like, 
before I can tell this joke, I have to establish that regardless of what we say, Scott saw that game from start to finish. Sure. Um, yeah. But I, I think the thing that cracks me up is like the game gets announced, uh, Scott gets doxxed, and a bunch of people decide to turn a nice guy into a villain. And then he steps away so that the game can be released without having the stigma painted on him. And suddenly it gets super horny. As the second the good Christian boy is gone, the game gets super horny. I mean, good. you say Penning is a bad, bad guy, but isn't it all about the fact that he financially supported a bunch of bullshit groups that are anti-LGBT? Uh, I think it was he supported... I, I don't know the exact details, so I'm not going to go into the exact details. He supported uh, legislators and uh, donated to politicians that came out anti-LGBT. Yeah. And I'm not going to defend that. I, I, I'm not going to have this argument because Mike and I argued about it. Everybody else argued about it. I'm not going to defend it. I, I'm in the camp where I think he got smeared through mud. Um, I just honestly without necessarily deserving it. I have just. But then he went ahead and opened his big fucking mouth, which he shouldn't have done. I have just one fucking question, honestly. What? Hand to God. Everybody knows that politicians in the US are paid off by corporations. Everybody knows they get money out of the whole deals. Why the fuck does anybody give them money as a person, private person? What the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> spin. It, it's it's spin media. Um, when it when it comes right down to it, I. It's it's one of those things where I may not agree with people like AOC because she's like the big sweetheart politician that I guess my generation loves, but I'm glad somebody like her managed to get elected. If that makes sense, yeah. So it's it's yes, politicians are all paid for, and I kind of like she says a lot of stupid shit, but she's also very transparent about a lot of things, which I appreciate. Um, one of my favorite things is she was actually advocating for senators and Congress people to get larger budgets, which, you know, pissed off every poor American. Um, but then she said, she's like, hey, look, we're asking for these bigger budgets so that we don't take bribes from oil companies. Yeah, that doesn't work because apparently even with the bribes from oil companies, they are, they beg for donations from private people. Yeah, they don't. Well, it's like, hey, if I can if I can stuff my pockets, I better stuff my damn pockets. I, I can respect the hustle. It's like John Stossel, who's talking about buying a golf cart because it was uh, it was ran on a battery without gas. I guess sometime in the mid 2000s, the government had this huge incentive where you could buy an electric golf cart. And if you put that on your tax form, you got the golf cart basically for free as like the cost of the golf cart as a tax return. Mm hmm. It's like, I don't even play golf. I have a golf cart. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Okay. Mike is going to choke me right now. Mike is like, fuck. Why does he he's like, you didn't read the Patreon read correctly. You, you, like, you, and now you, he's you, talking about John Stossel. You made fun of my golf cart. Golf cart. <laughs> Mike, what, and you don't, you don't even, uh, and you don't even own an air fryer. <laughs> I can't believe that's a line from freaking the Avengers. That is not a line in the Avengers. <laughs> then why yes, is it is? That then is why not is that associated line. with Tony Stark? Yeah, that's why do I have a picture of it with Tony Stark saying that? Because it's a funny <laughs> meme. Clearly, you don't like, own an air fryer. Are you telling me? Are you, t are you telling me Nico Ark isn't responsible for a bunch of M to F Nazis? <laughs> I mean, what? Le uh, how directly responsible are we talking here? 
It's it's sissy hypnosis in the form of Budin Yeah. Then you know what? I can give her some leeway here. But uh, as Stalin once uh, smartly said, give me a man and I'll file the paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jesus, honestly. Uh, if, uh, okay, can we bail here? Because it's 4 for yeah, okay, so <laughs> Dude, it's 4 m for you. Okay. All right, so this was the We Hate Anime podcast where we talked about anime for all of 15 minutes and then critiqued uh, transphobia in Japanese homeless media. Oh, wait, I wanted to talk about all of the other reindeer. Go on. Uh, it's a good. It's a good special. It's very fun. So nice. there's Blitzen and Donner and Cupid and Hennessy <laughs> and Olive, I the other reindeer. Yeah, I can't. I can't actually like think of. I, I can't actually remember the names of the reindeer, and I remember my parents Donner, used to do this like tradition. Dancer, Prancer, Blitzen, Blitzen Comet, Comet, Cupid, Papa Smurf, Donner, Grumpy. and Blitzen. After Donner came up. They turned one of the reindeer into Donner Kebab? Jeesh. I actually remember my father was so disappointed with me that I couldn't remember the names of the reindeer when I was a kid. We had this like stove right by the Christmas tree. And he like picked up one of my presents and he held it against like a burning stove. He's like, name all eight reindeer or it goes in the fireplace. And I'm like, <laughs> Did you remember? No, but I cried so hard that my mom screamed at my dad. He's like, I was only kidding. You all know I was joking, right? Like everybody was looking at him all horrified. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. All right. This has been the We Hate Anime podcast. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Merry Christmas or any other holidays you celebrate. Bye. Why? Nope. Christmas exclusively. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, unless you, uh, unless you celebrate, uh, a, a holiday from the Western Isles, uh, northwest of England. I'm sorry for what the Romans did to your culture. Uh, whatever holiday you celebrate is valid. I'm hitting I stop now. You. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> All right, later, everyone. Bye. See you next time.